to get that picture up on this one. Well, look, um, I'm going to put Steve on the spot. He doesn't know I'm going to ask him to do this. Would, would you give us a quick explanation on how light and prisms work and what's going on there for us? What's going on there? Uh, we perceive uh, certain frequencies of um, radio frequencies of light and photons. There's different frequencies. And if the, all the different frequencies we perceive come together, we see white light. But we can actually separate those frequencies out by passing them through a little triangle prism there, and they actually separate out because they have different refractive units, like they change direction. And so we can actually see this flex spectrum of light by passing through a prism. Okay, thank you. And look, for the benefit of the recording, so what we're looking at is a, a prism, and we've got white light coming into the prism, and then the prism is 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 bending the light, so to speak. I won't use the technical terms that Steve used. Oh, it's the refractive index, and and you can see this beautiful rainbow of light coming out the other side. And of course, white light is made up of all of those different colours, isn't it? But we don't see it until it's refracted through through this beautiful prism. So just hold that picture in your head, and we'll we'll refer to that in a little bit. Okay. First, I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8 to 12. Ephesians 3, 8 to 12. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Let me just pray before I get started. Lord God, we just, um, we just set aside ourselves for you this afternoon and we just ask that you would change and shape who we are. Uh, may may the, the words we, we speak and share and think today be living words. Would uh, the words of this sermon just bring life and transformation into each and every uh, heart here today. We just pray that the truth of your word would penetrate into the innermost core of our being and truly change who we are and form the image of Christ in us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hidden in this little passage here, I think is, is one of the, the, the gems of the New Testament. It's one of the hidden little ones that that maybe you don't know it's there. I mean, we know all the, the, the fun verses that we memorise in the New Testament, but in here is a little hidden gem that I don't think we pay attention to very much. I want to just draw out some of the beauty of this, this little verse in here for us this afternoon. Um, and look, I'll, I'll give you fair warning, this sermon might be a little bit like, you know, metaphorical. If you're someone who likes three concrete points and a really concrete application and you like it to be all sort of kind of straight-edged. Sorry, I'm going to disappoint you today. Like, we've already started with prisms and rainbows, haven't we? All right? So, but, but stick with me. My hope here 
is that you'll walk away from this afternoon going, wow, God is amazing. And wow, the church has such a high calling. Okay? If you walk away just wanting to worship God, then then I'm going to feel like my job here has been successful. Okay? So it might be a little bit airy-fairy at times. Stick with me. All right? And we'll, we'll get there. Okay? In here, in verse 10, we read it before. His intent was that now, this is our key verse, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. That's the hidden gem we're going to look at today. All right. Uh, anyone here know what the word manifold means? And don't, I probably trucks and cars is probably what's coming to some people's minds. I had no idea. I googled, you know, just to get a few more, you know, images and pictures of manifold. I've got all these engines and stuff staring back at me. I'm like, that's, that's not what I want for my sermon. I want nice things. Uh, Manifold means multicoloured and diverse and intricate, um, variegated. Think about a variegated plant or something. It's multicoloured, isn't it? So we've got here the manifold wisdom of God, the, the multicoloured, the intricate, the diverse, the, 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 the beautiful wisdom of God. Okay. Um, you know, when something is um, manifold, it, it, it manifests itself in a, in a variety of forms. So there's, there's many different ways you could see it. It's, it's immense, it's, it's infinite, it's exceedingly various, all right? So if we were to take this idea about manifold wisdom, what's wisdom all about? It's a tricky word, isn't it? Skill, intelligence... Um, quite a broad and full and deep intelligence if someone is wise. The ability to use knowledge appropriately. That's a good one, the ability to use knowledge appropriately. Anyone here been reading the book of um, Proverbs with Narendra CRC? A few of you maybe have been joining with that. Um, if you go to the book of Proverbs, you see wisdom is all about understanding and insight. It's knowing what is prudent and right and just and fair. Okay. So through the church, the beautiful, diverse, intricate, exceedingly various, exceedingly abundant, infinite, immense wisdom, intelligence, skill, prudence, um, discretion of God is made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. So these rulers and authorities, what are they? We're, just, we're sort of laying our foundation here for you, okay? Rulers and authorities, they're spiritual powers that set themselves up in competition against God's rule and reign. That's, that's what they are. So they're sort of, and, and, and what you'll notice is these, these shadowy spiritual forces have earthly counterparts don't they? There's, there's evil and corrupt systems in our world, isn't there? There's evil and corrupt rulers in our world. There's broken or selfish people in our world. Corporations, governments, groups, individuals, you don't have to look far to, to find evidence of, um, uh, you know, the, the spiritual powers at work in our world seeking to corrupt God's good rule and reign. But God's intent... God's intent is to show off and demonstrate how broad and full and, and wonderful his greatness and wisdom is 
to these spiritual powers. Okay? Colossians 2.15, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. God makes a mockery. God makes a mockery of the rules and authorities by gaining victory in the most unimaginable of means. Death on a cross. If you just let that sink, sink in for a little bit, you think, you think about that. God is so great and powerful, right? He is so great and powerful that he can die and still win. <laughs> like, I don't know, that, that sort of just messes with my head somehow, don't you think? That's amazing. He dies and he still wins. He still conquers. Like, ah, only God could come up with that, hey? Um, the, uh, the New Testament for, for, for everyone translation, I'm just going to read a different translation, verse 10. So this is it, that God's wisdom in all its rich variety was to be made known to the rulers and, and authorities in the heavenly places through the church. Let me read that for you again. This is it, in a nutshell, that God's wisdom in all its rich variety, was to be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places through the church. The church exists because God intends to demonstrate his diverse, intricate, immense skill and breadth of wisdom, his, the, the, the ability of who he is and all that he is, and he wants the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms to be confronted with how great God really is. And God chooses to do that through the church, through his people, through, through you, through you. Does that make you feel a bit like, ooh, wow. God wants to show off how big and great and amazing he is through you, through us, the church. It's incredible. Why would he do that? You know, as God's people, we show the heavenly world and the physical world, for that matter, just what is good and wise and right, which, of course, is worshipping God, honouring God and living God's way. And some people think that living God's way is is kind of beige, kind of grey, boring, restrictive, you know, that everyone must be the same. The problem is that sometimes does explain our experience of church, doesn't it? Hmm? But God didn't make clones. No. Unfortunately, sometimes we sort of think we all need to wear the same kind of, you know, vibe. That's not how church is supposed to be. And, and so I want you for a moment to separate your experience of church, which sometimes isn't all it's meant to be, is it? I want you to separate your experience of church with the, the, the truth and the reality about what God's intention for church actually is. People tend to think that Christianity is a kind of like a white, middle-class European religion. I bet if you went down the street and asked just the average person down here, they think it's white, uh, European, middle class kind of religious thing. But 
It's not, is it? I mean, God's kingdom is one of the most, is full of uh, people from diverse ethnicities, social backgrounds, educations, full of rich people, poor people. There is no one culture, no one country, and no one type of person that is Christian. A fellow by the name of Philip Jenkins has done some research on just the, how global Christianity is. And... Um, you know, the fastest growing church, you probably know this, is in China and Kenya and Uganda. The fastest growing church, China, Kenya, Uganda. Uh, in a book that this, this fellow wrote, sort of, I don't know, back around 2012 or somewhere, he said that out of the 2 billion Christians in the world, at that point then, the largest group did live in Europe. But very close behind that was Latin America, Africa and Asia. And then he projected numbers into the future and said that by 2025, well, it's not far away, is it now? Okay. Um, the most uh, Christian continent would be either Latin America or Africa. And then by 2050, that Africa will be the largest Christian culture. That's where the heartland of Christianity will be, in Africa. So, is Christianity a, a, a religion of sameness? Is it a white European religion? No, no. You know, he goes on to say in, in one of his other books that um, the, the typical um, Christian is actually uh, someone who's quite poor. The average follower of Jesus today, you could think of them being a woman living in a village in Nigeria or a poor slum in, in Brazil who is inconceivably poor. That's who you could con consider your typical Christian from today. Very, very different to, to us here, isn't it? Um, but what I want us to just grasp and appreciate in, in all the, that information is this, that the worshipping church is varied. It's multi-ethnic, many languages, many cultures, many abilities, many skills, many personalities. It's not about social class. It's not about skin colour. It's not about ability. It's not about occupation. We are like this, this rainbow of colour. You can see there on the screen. And, you know, you can see there for me, I look at that and it's like God's light, God's white light shines through the church represented by the prism there. And through the church, his manifold self, his wisdom, his beauty, all the, the intricacies of who he is shines out into the world in this amazing, beautiful spectrum of, of, of colour. And, and that's, that's us, that's you there. God's light shines through the church and his wisdom is on display into our world. So, apart from this being kind of interesting and amazing, how's it relevant? How's it relevant? For you, if you are born again, if you've been given the revelation that Jesus is your Messiah, if you've been grafted into the church, do you know that you are one of those unique colours on God's colour spectrum? Do you know that? I mean, is that true? 
You are a, a unique shade of his wisdom that's on display and in operation in the world. His, his great white light, you know, it, it sort of fills your life. And you will display a very unique part of who God is, of God's skill and ability and wisdom into this world. So don't think that you need to be the same as everyone else. God shines through each of us and your personality, your work, your skills, your interests, your culture, the way you are. When you are filled and illuminated by the Spirit of God, you, you demonstrate just one tiny little aspect of the magnificence of God. So remember that when you're going about your life. You know, when you get up, say to yourself, you know, today... My life is going to display the wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. When you, before your feet hit the floor, today, my life is going to display God's wisdom. I mean, if that doesn't bring dignity and purpose into your life, nothing will. Would you agree? Sorry. God's the ultimate wisdom. Um, true, that's right. Um, so when the se second point, second point is when you were here in worship with the rest of the church, you know you bring a unique color into our mix. Do you know that? You bring a unique shade on that color spectrum into our mix, and um, we enjoy you. We enjoy you. I mean, a, a rainbow of colors is just not complete unless. They're all there, aren't they? You know? It's no good just having all the shades of orange, all the shades of blue. We want all of them. And so it's not just the things each of you do or say or the way you might serve. It's, it's actually who you are. Um, so when you come to church, you know, do, do you say, I am part of God's light shone into this church? You know, if my colour is missing, something of God's glory shining into this world through the church is also missing. This is not just what you do as an individual thing. The key thing here is that, that there's the church that God shines through. The church acts as the prism. Who you are as a unique and special member of the church community is key. So remember this. On Sundays. Remember this when your alarm goes off on Monday mornings or Monday afternoons or Monday at 3am or Monday at any random time if you're a shift worker. There's a few shift workers here, aren't they? Remember this when you pick up your guitar. You know, remember it when you go for a walk or you're, you're doing the groceries. Remember it when you're here worshipping together. Remember it when you're here praying with each other. God wants to display his great diverse wisdom through you. This is truly a miracle. This is truly a miracle. And it can only happen when the Spirit of God is in us, abiding in us, stirring in us, moving in us. So, daily, 
Allow the Spirit to fill and flood your life. Ask the Spirit of God to do this. Make it, a, make it a prayer you pray throughout the day. Not because God leaves you if you don't pray it, but, but more as a way of you submitting yourself to him throughout the day. Embrace, um, embrace the difference and variety in the church. We welcome, we include, we honour, we embrace everyone, don't we? Not just the ones who are like us. Because everyone is part of the manifest wisdom of God on display. So let me let me read to you again that that passage, but but from a different translation. This is the New Testament for everyone translation again. I am the very least of all God's people. However, he gave me this task as a gift, that I should be the one to tell the Gentiles the good news of the king's wealth, wealth no one could begin to count. My job is to make clear to everyone just what the secret plan is, the purpose that's been hidden from the very beginning of the world in God who created all things. And this is it that God's wisdom, in all its rich variety, was to be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places through the church. This was God's eternal purpose, and he's accomplished it in King Jesus, our Lord. We have confidence and access to God in him, in full assurance through his faithfulness. I want to encourage you that like the Apostle Paul, we are the ones given the job of telling others about the king's wealth, about the richness and of the new way of living that is found in Jesus. Um, we've all found that richness of a new way of living, yeah? The richness of a new way of being human is found in Jesus. It actually changes the way you think and feel and go about the world. You know, there's there's this phrase. Um, uh, what is it? A um, referring to Christians as practical atheists or something like like you sort of Christian in name, but you you operate much like an atheist, as if you you operate as if God really actually isn't in your life and changing your life and there and present. But um, you kind of assent to being Christian. And what we've got to grasp hold of is that, that being Christian actually changes us. It changes the way we think and act. And, and our job is to tell people about that living hope that is found in Jesus, uh, plus the hope of our future eternal life. Now, death is not the final word. Successful living here and now comes from the life you have in Jesus. Jesus defines what successful living is. This treasure and wealth um, that, that Paul refers to there, the king's wealth. For anyone who's been um, burdened by not measuring up, or if that's you, I, I, I get like that. I feel like I don't measure up. If you ever feel burdened by the fact that you stuff up, I don't know, does anyone here ever mess up? Ever? Yeah? Um, if you're burdened by hopelessness, by just this sense of thinking there's something very wrong 
with you. Maybe you're burdened by sadness, by fear, tiredness, anger, addiction. You know, all of those, those burdens that we have, we can access the king's wealth, the king's resources to live a good and victorious life rather than needing your own resources and your own strength to get rid of all that stuff and to live a victorious life. I'm telling you now, you're never going to get rid of that burden of um, hopelessness on your own. You just won't. You can do psychotherapy till the day you die. You're really not going to get rid of it on your own. But you can go to the king. You can go to his, his wealth, his resources. He has everything you need for living a, a good and godly life. And, and that's gold. That truly is gold. That, you know, on my own, I tend to be a person who doesn't have a lot of um, joy. I don't know. You know, maybe it's my, my Dyson heritage there or something. I don't know. But it's just kind of the way we're wired, all right? But when I go to the king's storeroom of, of joy, it's all there for me. I don't have to manufacture it on my own. I go to his store cupboard, his treasure chest, because my king's got plenty. I don't need my own patience, thank goodness, because I don't have it. I get all I need from my king. And I, and I, I quite literally, at various points in my life, picture a treasure chest and go, God, I'm reaching in what I need in your wealth of resources now because I have got nothing. I am broke and I need the king's wealth. And guess what? You need the king's wealth too, don't you? Yeah. Um, Tom Wright says this. He says, being a Christian is supposed to is supposed to consist of going room to room in the king's palace relishing the beauty and the splendor of it all you know god makes me look good i mean you might think i've generally got life together but it's only because i go from room to room in the king's palace and i get what i need from there okay being a christian is supposed to consist of going room to room in the king's palace relishing the beauty and the splendor of it all. Wow. I mean, is that, is that your Christian life? Do you want it to be your Christian life? Don't ever stop enjoying God. There's always more of him to discover. And when your spiritual life feels dry, don't blame God. Don't blame the church. Take it as a sign. You need to take some time out and go room to room in your king's palace and rediscover his beauty and his treasures and his wealth and his manifold wisdom that is to shine through. Because I can guarantee when the wisdom of God is shining through your life, you're going to live an extraordinary life. It won't mean that it's going to be um, always easy, but it will be different. Make it your mission to let others know about the beauty and the splendour of God and how it's expressed through the church. You know, when you tell the gospel, don't leave out the church. The church is a key part of God's work in the world. 
I, I really want people to fall in love with the beauty of the church because they see the beauty of God's wisdom on display through her. You know, it really is a privilege to be part of the church through whom God displays his manifold, multifaceted, multicoloured wisdom. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that privilege. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much that, that you, have, you have called us to be part of your church and that through us, the church, you do the, the unimaginable. You, you shine your wisdom, your beauty and your glory and just the amazingness of who you are. You shine that through us into the world and lord may we be um may we be just shining the the your you so brightly that it does um it does it does shed light into this dark world that it does uh shine your wisdom um and make it known to the rulers and the authorities in heavenly places and on earth we don't want to be a um a beige church lord we want to be a church that is just full of the beauty and the wisdom and the power and the strength and the glory and the victory of who you are and lord we just marvel at the fact that you can die and still win and so lord when we're struggling with life and it feels like um things are difficult or hopeless would you just remind us of that truth that that you are so good and so powerful and that you have conquered even death and that you give us new hope through that and lord would you just refresh us when we need refreshing would you just remind us of all the beautiful treasures you have for us to discover in you and that you are a god who is full of infinite um, greatness lord give us a taste of your greatness just a taste of it lord just speak into our hearts and minds just minister to us by your Holy Spirit. And we just taste and experience the beauty of who you are. And we experience what it, what it really looks like when our life shines with your glory into this world. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. And we ask that you have your way in us. Fill us afresh, Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.